Good morning and welcome to Portico. If you haven't been welcomed already, we're glad that you're here. You're joining us in the midst of week three of our series. And our series is called, What on Earth Am I Here For? And we are discovering our purpose. We're discovering our calling in life. About 10 years ago, a gentleman by the name of Rick Warren wrote a series called The Purpose Driven Life. And this is an update on this, on this series 10 years later. And we're going through this study both on Sundays as well as in our small groups, our CLGs throughout the week. So if you're just jumping in, you're not too far behind to catch up. You're right in the midst of things, and that's great. So we are, we are on week three, and we are looking at the topic of do we know that we're loved, and how do we know that we're loved, and are we even loved? How do you know that you're loved on a, day to, on a day-by-day basis? How do you know that you're loved? For the kids in the room, anyone, anyone living with their parent, Amanda, I, sorry, tangent. Amanda and I bought this shirt for Hope yesterday. If you, if you have like a seven-year-old, you need to get this shirt. It said, I still live with my parents, dot, 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 for now. <laughs> it was on sale. It was a great deal. Go get it. It's wonderful. Children's Place. Anyway, let's go back to the message. How do you, how do you know that you're loved? If you, kids in the room, they know that they're loved when somebody makes a meal for them. I know I'm loved when somebody makes a meal for me, or when sometimes when they get a present, they run up and say, oh, I love you, Daddy, I love you. Hope always, Hope, Hope always says that when we're having craft dinner for, for dinner. It's like, oh, I love you, Daddy, we're having craft dinner. Kids know sometimes that they're loved when we do the things that embarrass them, like when we drop them off at school. Like, I love you, sweetheart, have a wonderful day. And Andrew, wouldn't that be great if Mom did that at school tomorrow? Wouldn't that be awesome? I think you should. I really think you should. Just remember to make safe choices, Andrew, just as he's, running, as he's off with his friends. <laughs> that would communicate a lot of love to Andrew, I think, Kathy. That'd, that'd be great. <laughs> as a counselor, I've worked with lots of kids, and we've got this thing called attachment theory. But basically, if you've, if you've done any study in the field of social work, we know that when kids are young, they experience all kinds of attachments with, with, their, with their parents and with their families, with their caregivers. And we know that if they don't feel loved when they're really young, it severely affects the rest of their life. That when they don't feel loved, there's this lack of ability to soothe themselves sometimes. Sometimes there's this anxiety. We were talking about that last week and needing constant reassuring for feeling loved. And Kids have a desperate need just to feel loved. And you know what? We can say that for kids, and sometimes it's hard for us as adults to admit the same thing. But as we grow up and as we experience life, don't you have a desperate need to feel loved? Don't, don't you wake up every morning as one of, one of your greatest needs? Like we go through, if you know, studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the need to feel loved is right up there. I mean, it's not quite as important as, as water and bread and, and air and things like that, but it's there. The need to be loved, the need to feel loved. Anybody read The Five Love Languages by Gary, Dr. Gary Chapman? Great book. And basically, it, it tells us that we give and receive love in usually one or two of five different ways that he highlights. There's words of affirmation. We say, I love you. I care about you. You're important to me. There's physical touch, just the arm around the shoulder, the massage, the feeling that physical touch communicates love. Spending quality time, not just spending time silently beside somebody not communicating, but quality time when you're enjoying is the third way he highlights. Giving a gift, a gift that communicates something that's important to him is the fourth way. And he also says, Acts of service are a way that we can demonstrate love by doing something 
for somebody else. And in one of those five ways, or two of those five ways, we give love. And what's interesting is often we receive love differently than, than we give love. Let me, let me illustrate this for you. I love to do things to show people that I love them. In my family, when dinner ends, or even sometimes before dinner ends, I'm clearing the dishes and putting them and putting them away. And they're like, I'm not done with that. Put that back down. But I'm is anybody else like that? You just want to confess that? You're the, yeah, you're, 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 you're grabbing the... I'm a doer. I love to do things to let other people know that I love them. I, so I, I'm fighting. I want to do the laundry. I want to do the cleaning. I want to do this. I want to do things... I would build things for people if I could, but they don't want me to build things for them or fix things for them, so I don't do that. But but I'll do whatever I can to communicate love to them, right? So you would think that the perfect way to show me that I'm loved and I'm valued would be to do something for me, right? And say, take a break, Rick. You're not forced to do the work. But actually, the message that gets communicated to me when somebody tries to do something for me is, is Rick, I don't trust you to do that, or Rick, I'll do that. I don't really think that you can do that well. And when somebody does something for me, when somebody does an act of service for me, I often feel unloved, or I often feel unvalued in that time. And it's a huge problem. Lots of, lots of couples go through this, and they, they haven't learned properly how to make the other one feel loved. One partner may be making this concerted effort to spend all of this quality time together, but the other person doesn't feel loved. And the, the, this partner thinks, I've sacrificed my whole life. I try so hard. I spent all this time with you just to let you know how much I love you. And the other person thinks, all I want you to do is tell me that I love you. You don't have to spend 12 hours with me yesterday. I needed you to tell me that you love me. Because we give love some ways, and we receive love in other ways. And luckily, with a little work, couples, partners, families can figure this out. Underlying principle is life feels a little bit empty when we don't feel loved. And as we get into week three of our study on our calling and our purpose in Christ, we're going to look at why God created us. And we're going to see if it helps us understand our calling. And you can follow along in your notes this morning. They're in your bulletin. If you have a, if you have a, a, um, a tablet or a smartphone, you can go on. You can search in the U version. You can search uh, Milton. You can search Portico and we'll be there. And if anybody needs a Bible, if you just want to slip your hand up, we have some Bibles to share so you can, uh, we have, that you can, um, share for the, for the, for the remainder of the service today. We just ask that you give them back. But if anybody needs a Bible, just quickly slip up your hand and one of our ushers will help you with that or you can follow along on the screen as well. But I want to go to our key verse this morning as we look at how we, how we understand and receive love. And it's in Ephesians chapter one, verse four and five. Even before he made the world, God loved us. So we're going back to before time, okay? God loved us. And he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So as we look at our calling, as we look at our purpose, we want to start off by understanding the fact that we are called to recognize the purpose of God's love. That's part of our calling in life. We need to recognize the purpose of God's love. The reason why God created me, the reason why God created you, is just so that he could love us. God made you 
to love you. I want that to sink in a little bit. The reason why you're here is because God loves you. The first purpose of your life, listen, is not to serve God, is not to do something for God. It's not to trust in God. It's not even, we, we mess this up in church sometimes. We don't, we, we think we need to obey and give our life to him. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is just to be loved by God. And each of us were made so that God could just love on us, not to do something, just to receive something. And it goes right back to the creation story at the beginning of the Bible. Chapter 1, God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, they were hanging out in eternity land. It was perfect. They needed nothing else. And they created because they wanted something. They created because they looked around and they started making the world and they said, let's make man in our image. And, we, and he looked at it and he said, that's very, very good. I like what I've done here. I love that. And that's why God created us. And he gave, he, this means you have permission tomorrow morning to look at the mirror, to look in the mirror and see the face coming back and say, that's very good right there. <laughs> because, because when God created you, he said, look at, read it for yourself this week, Genesis chapter one. He looked at people and he said, that's very good. So our, tomorrow morning, just give her one of these. That's very good. <laughs> That's right. It's very good. God loves just looking at us. The, Jeremy and I were talking about this this week as we were prepping for service. God's first impulse, his natural reaction when he looks at us, is to move towards us and love us. It isn't to be upset with us. His first reaction isn't disappointment with us. It's just love. He loves us. And we've got a lot of bad theology out, out here in the world about what we're created to do and who we're created to be. Some of us may have grown up in a faith tradition that tells us we need to earn God's favor. That for God to really be happy with us, we've got to do something. And we invest all of our religious energy trying to do something that pleases God. We think, if I don't do enough today, this, this morning, today with my life, God's not going to be happy with me. God says, no. I looked at you and I said, that's very good. I love you. And there's so much scripture that refutes this theory head on. While we were still sinners, while we never confessed Christ, while we were doing things to actively work against him, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Not after we gave, we made the change to believe in him. He says that our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Our good deeds are just like dirty rags to him. In the book that um, we're reading uh, in our in our in our notes today, we read in Jude that we are called and we are loved and we are kept safe in Jesus, and none of it has anything to do with us earning it. And this is what distinguishes us as Christians, or should distinguish us as Christians in the religious landscape out there. We we, we live in this diverse religious area and this diverse religious time. And I don't know how many of you have studied Muslim teaching, Muslim theology. Christianity and Muslim theology is quite similar, that we honor others first, that we honor Abraham and Isaac. Muslim teaching even goes back and looks at the teachings of Jesus. And both believe that at the end of time, we'll stand and account for all of our deeds, and those with good deeds will be rewarded in heaven, and those with bad deeds will be punished with hell. And it's similar, yet so far away, because in the Muslim worldview, 
in a lot of faith worldview. It's the good, enough good deeds earn heaven and earn the love and earn the reward. And in Christianity, God looks down at you and he looks down at me and he says, all I want is for you to understand that I love you. And if you understand that I loved you and me sending Jesus to die for you was my, was my gift of love to you, if you understand that, you can spend eternity with me forever and ever. It doesn't matter if you live 70 years and you never understood that and you never did anything for me. If today you would recognize that God loves you and you believe that, that his son was his gift for you, it's eternity is yours. That's what distinguishes us, is understanding that God loves us. Now, hopefully, once we understand that, some good deeds follow. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit become evident in our lives. There's goodness is evident in us and kindness and gentleness and peace and things like that. But more importantly this morning, we need to know that God's gift is, is love. Your job is not to do whatever your calling is. When we, what, let's go back a couple of weeks. We've been thinking, what has God created me to do? What's my, what's my gifting? What's my purpose? We need to start with just understanding that there's nothing that we're going to do that's actually going to please God other than just, under, just being confident and still and knowing that we are loved. Look at Ephesians three seventeen and 19. It says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide. How wide is God's love? There's no place that we can go where God's love doesn't reach. And how long is God's love? We live in a world where love kind of ends sometimes, doesn't it? We've experienced times when we were loved and now we're not loved anymore. That's not God's love. That word has some bad connotations for us. That human love ends. God's love is long enough that it never ends. How high and how deep is the love of Christ? Listen, there's no sinful life that we lead that stops God from loving us. It's so sad that there are communities of people that feel like, I can't come to church because of the life that I've engaged in, or even the life that I'm still engaged in. The acts that I do, I couldn't come to church. I couldn't be around Christians because they wouldn't love me. Look at that. We need to know how wide, how deep, how long God's love is, that there is no place that we could go, nothing that we could do that would ever stop God from loving us, because that's our purpose as humans is just to be loved by him. And if we really knew this, and anyone sitting here this morning, if you knew this, what a peace, what, what an understanding that would be. You would just run to God at all times. It wouldn't matter. And we're going, to look about, we're going to look at that at the end about how we can respond. But we are called to know that our purpose is just to be loved by God. But more than just knowing, we're called to experience the reality of being loved by God. 1 John 3, 1. See how much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that's what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. You know, when you're a teenager and you're, you're starting to ask the questions, how do you know if you're really in love? What's the answer that we always give? How do I know if I'm really in love? What's the answer? The co- you just know. That's right. I have that in my notes. Have we, were, were you looking? Were you snooping before? We, we give that, right? How do you know that you're in love? You just know. You'll just know. 
What an unhelpful answer that is to teenagers, right? Like, like, like it is the most confusing time of life. Like, you're moving through teenage, you're into young adult life, and you're actually trying to figure out, am I in love? And we look at them, you all know. (laughs) That's kind of useless. But but you get, like, or we'll say, you'll get butterflies in your stomach, and you'll start to feel, and you're like, I ate undercooked sausage last week and my stomach was going like this all day. It wasn't love, brother. It was something else, I can tell you. I think we know that we're in love when another person starts to help us become a better version of ourselves. When when that person starts to help us become more than we've ever been. When that person would sacrifice something of themselves so that I could experience more for me. And I, I just get to be more, more Rick. That's how I know that I'm in love. You can use that one if you want. It's okay. Or, or we can keep going with, you'll just know. Because <laughs> that's been really good for people so far. But <laughs> I want you to think about this. Amanda has this voice, and I've shared this with some people. When, when She has this voice that she only uses around people who she feels loved by. One day, you may hear this voice. I remember the first time I heard the voice. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what to think. This voice is not only a voice, it's accompanied by a whole language of odd words that she created when she was a kid growing up, when she was around her parents. And there are words that they're not English and the voice is not human. I'm not quite sure what it is. But it only comes out on Saturday mornings when she doesn't have to go anywhere and she's kind of like sliding around the hardwood kitchen or the hardwood floors and this little odd voice comes out. I know she's happy when that voice comes out. I'm not going to... I'm going to be sleeping on the couch tonight, probably. I'll, I'll just throw that out there. But it really was good for the message, so I went for it. <laughs> there are parts of ourselves that we keep hidden from others or areas that we never develop because we're afraid to let other people see them. And true love frees us up to explore those parts or release those parts. And God's love should be no different. Church is a big struggle for a lot of people, coming to church. And I get that. Because coming face-to-face with God or, or looking at other believers, it stresses us out because we don't feel loved in church all the time. We feel ashamed because we walk in and we know God's going to be here. If we do theology, God's everywhere and he's always with us. He doesn't live here, actually. He doesn't, it's not like he's here just because he's, he's with us. But anyway, we, we walk into church and we feel ashamed. We don't feel love. We get nervous. We get upset. We're worried. We have hurt. We don't feel love. And it's the same when we don't feel loved in our earthly families, too, isn't it? I talked about at the beginning these issues with a, attachment in kids and It stems from this feeling of not being loved. And if we were truly going to understand his love and how unconditional it is and how God just doesn't care what we've done, he just loves us, our lives would be transformed. I want to give you five quick thoughts that we've discussed about maybe this is a way that you could experience God's love. If you're lacking 
the love, that feeling of love in your life from God, your Heavenly Father. I want, you, I want to just make five suggestions. And then at the end, I'm going to allow you to make some suggestions as well, too, about how you feel like you could experience God's love. And we're going to share that together. But maybe there's one of these ways it's going to hit home with you because the win this morning, the goal this morning, as we gathered as a team, as a leadership team, and said, what do we pray that people walk away with from their church experience this morning? We want people to know that they're loved by God. And we want people to know practically how they can experience that outside of 10:15 on Sunday morning, how they can do this every day. When we really feel loved, shame goes away and we feel accepted. That's the first blank there. We feel like we fit in with him. Why on earth would anyone ever want to come and hang out with a God that reminds us about the mistakes that we've made? Why, why would we want to do this? And his love says, I love you just the way you are. So many of us, were approval addicts. We feel empty unless somebody validates us, who we are or what we do. We do this with fashion all the time, right? Like, we choose to dress in a way that other people tell us we should dress. This is going to be confession time. Did anyone, any of the guys, did you ever have a rat tail when you were growing up? One of those things? Okay, now, anyone, come on. I want to see a hand. Come, somebody must have. I didn't. Oh, we did did you, do you remember that? that people used to grow like short hair and then this nice little thing that would hang down. Oh, that's not because it looked good. <laughs> it was because other people said, you'll be accepted if you do that. Anybody wear spandex in the 80s or early 90s? I won't ask you to put your hand up on that one. <laughs> yes, Andrew wore them yesterday. All right. <laughs> The trend can starts as we're kids and kids say, Daddy, Daddy, watch me. Mommy, watch, watch me. Look at me. Accept me. Love me. And it continues in our adult lives. This morning, you may just need to know that God loves you and accepts you as you sit here this morning. There is nothing that you can do. If that's you, maybe this week you're going to focus on, I just need to be accepted. I need to be accepted, accepting that God loves me. Maybe it's confidence. That's the second blank there. Because remember, love helps us become a more, a better version of who we are or release some of our inhibitions and become more uh, uh, and step into new areas that we would never do if we weren't feeling loved. If you're feeling loved by your God, you feel confident. He, you can look that up in Hebrews 4.16 later. But as we're talking about calling, if you're feeling loved, all of a sudden you're able to function in a totally different way at work or in your calling or just as an individual, and you're confident that you can do and be the person that God has designed you to be. And I believe that out of this series, there are going to be people that understand, you know what, God created me, and he loves me, and I'm going to step up and do the things that God has called me to be. We are loving having the kids at the front and doing and doing one song of kids worship, but you know what would be amazing? I believe God is speaking to somebody and they're going to say, I want to take on kids' worship. And every Sunday morning, I'm going to be back there with the kids. We're not going to do one song. We're going to let them experience three or four songs of worship that, that they can have every week. And you're going to build that team. Or, or, or somebody's, somebody's going to be laid on their hearts. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to help out with this ministry that our church isn't really doing, but I know a need in our, in our town and in our community. And I'm going to organize people. And the only way that you can do that is when you feel confident to do and be what God has called you to do and be. And that he'll give you, he'll give you the power to do it. He'll, 
He'll let you come and ask for the help that you need. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit, is that God hasn't asked us to do it on our own. He's equipped us. He's gifted. He shaped us. He's gifted us. And then he says, I'll help you do the things that I've called you to do. Just be confident and know that I'll help you. Did anybody see the movie Lincoln this past summer? You saw the movie Lincoln? There's a beautiful scene in that, in that movie where, where, where his son, Tad, comes and interrupts dad at the Oval Office. Do you remember this scene? There's a, he, it's like there's all these important men waiting to see the president, and, and Tad's got a question, <laughs> and he, he just wants dad's attention. I think that's a beautiful picture of our God. There's a lot of important things that God is dealing with right now, right? We know that there's things that God's listening to, to prayers from all over the world, and there's bigger issues and sometimes we feel like Tad, and we, we think there's a whole line of people that God should be listening to, but I've got something really important that I need help with, or I need to ask God for, or God, I think you're calling me to do, and if I could just get your ear for a minute, you know what You know what God does? Just like Lincoln, he makes room for Tad to come up. God says, come on, I'll listen to what, I'll listen to what you have to ask for me, I'll empower, I'll give you what you need, I'll give you the attention you need. Just we know that I've created you to do that and you've got full access and confidence to come and boldly come and ask me. There's, there's, there's a verse in scripture, beautiful, that we are boldly able to come and approach the throne room of God. That's what we can do. And when you understand that you were created for a purpose and you know that purpose and that God loves you enough to let you come and ask for the help, we start to act in a different way. For some of you, it may be peace. You're upset. You're hurt. And for you to experience love means you need to be given peace. And when everything around you is stressful, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit that allows him just to take care of you and give you peace in a situation that doesn't really call for peace. When the world says, not you should be hurting. When your situation says, you gotta, you've got some big things that you're about to deal with, the Holy Spirit says, I'll give you peace. That goes beyond understanding. For some of you, it may be courage. Again, it's a little bit like the confidence, but I, I, I love that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can read about that in Daniel chapter 3 if you want later on in the week. But they were faced with this test and were they going to bow down before the king's big statue? And the king said, everybody needs to bow down. And, and they said, they looked the king boldly in the face and they said, we trust God so much that even if, uh, even if we're thrown into the fire, we're not going to bow down to your statue, and we know that our God's going to come through for us. And this message on purpose may be, like I said, it may be stirring something in your hearts that you're to step out and do, something bold, something that God's been speaking to you about. In the last few weeks as you've been searching for God, what is my calling? Understanding how much God loves you may give you the courage to be bold and step out. Or maybe another thought we had was, maybe you're a worrier and you sit up at nights and you worry about all the things that could go wrong. I know there are a lot of us that could say, yeah, there's a lot of nights where I'm just stressed and I'm worried. And experiencing God's all-encompassing love turns those feelings of worry into a time of worship. And we got the reference there in Matthew 6. And it reminds us that God's in control. And in that reference, Jesus points out to the little birds and he looks at everybody around them. At, or he looks at everybody around and he says, look at the birds. They don't worry and God takes care of them. Yet you're a human being that God loved and said is very good 
and, sent, is, and is going to get, pay the ultimate price for, how much more do you think God's going to take care of your needs? And for some of us this week, we just may, may need to be reminded that we don't need to worry and God's love is going to help us get over that worry. So as we end this morning, here's our response. I believe that we are also called to personally respond to God's love. And I want you to think, how are you going to experience God's love this week? Because it's not, it, it's not good enough for us just to be reminded this morning. We need to know every day when we wake up and be reminded that we are loved by God. It's so important. We know, we know it's important in the lives of our kids. We know it's important in our own lives for us experience as adults. We recognize that. But we forget sometimes how important it is to wake up in the morning and be reminded that God loves us this much. Maybe one of those areas that I just highlighted, you just need to remind yourself every morning this week that I don't need to worry. I can worship. I don't need to feel ashamed. I'm accepted. I can boldly ask God for what I need. I can get the courage. I don't know. But this week, our memory verse is going to be, maybe it'll just be speaking the memory verse. Some of our kids had it. So hopefully you've been working on your memory verse this too. We had it written on a whiteboard in our living room. Our memory verse from Isaiah 44 too, but we're going to build on that. Our memory verse this week is in Romans 6, 13. Give yourselves completely to God since you have been given new life. And it's understanding we can, we can trust him. We give everything we have because he's giving us a new life. And this new life is all about love. So this morning... I'm going to ask our worship team to come back. And they're going to sing us a song. And it says, How deep the Father's love is for us. How vast it's beyond measure, like that verse we read before. And this morning what I want you to do is, in your notes or on your device or whatever you want, I want you just to pray for a moment, think for a moment. If, even if you're not a believer this morning, that's Okay. What I want you to do is think about how you could be reminded that there is a God that loves you. And then I want you to write it down. And just be thinking and praying and meditating as they're, as they're singing. And then we're going to come to a point and we'll just ask them to quiet down. And then we're just going to speak out the ways that we're going to be reminded that God loves us. So it could be something you're going to do. Maybe this week what you're going to do is you're going to start your day Remembering the memory verse. You're going to start your day reading the word. Maybe you're going to just remember that God loves me for who I am. Maybe you're just going to take a time of worship every day so you're not worried. I don't know what it is. But I'd love us just to share with each other and just speak it out. And then Evan's just going to collaborate them on this screen. And we'll see kind of like a collage of how we as a church are going to respond to God's love this week. So just take the next few moments as they sing for us. And they play this through. Think about how are you going to respond and how are you going to remind yourself that God loves you. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all All right. 
Is there anyone this morning that would just share how are you going how are you going to be reminded that God loves you? Anybody this just so we can I think it would encourage us as a church so that we could we, we can know. Maybe your idea would inspire somebody else. Anybody, how are you gonna be reminded that God loves you this week? You're gonna worship. Thankful for blessings. All the blessings. God gives grace and forgiveness for all people. Family. That's what I as well. I know every time I give Hope or Amanda a hug or something, I'm going to be reminded God's doing the same thing for me. Family. Anybody else? Peace. 
trust. Reading, reading the word. Hope. God's creation. Hope, I heard. Anybody else? Wow. Listening. <laughs> Listening. Loving others. Who can I be a blessing to? (laughs) We're going to pick back up on some of these next week. Evan's going to keep it for us. But, man, if we did... If we do one of these this week and every day we wake up and do this, boy, we are, we are going to be reminded that God loves us. We are going to be different people. Would you, would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you for this morning that we were reminded by your word, by the songs that we sang this morning. Um, God, that you just love us so much. And Father, I pray for people who are here that they would know that so deeply. It would be so rooted in their lives and in their hearts that you love them more than anything else. And that's all that they need to do and be in life. And I want to give people an opportunity this morning, if you are a part of our, our service, but you've never, you've never taken a step to say, God, you might not even know who God really is or what God is, but you know that this morning there's something real about this and you want to respond to that. And we know through the, through the Bible it says that if anyone would just confess that they're not perfect, that they have sin, and that Jesus who came was God's son, and that his death was a message of love and his resurrection, he came back to life. So that if we believed in him and we said, yeah, I believe that that's, that that's true and that God loves me and that's his message. If we would just believe that, that we would have eternal life with him forever in heaven, we would be given the gift of his spirit in our lives. And if you've never had an opportunity to do that or if you've just never taken that opportunity to actively say, God, I accept your love this way, we would love to pray with you or we would just love to pray for you. We won't call you out to come and do anything, go anywhere, but... We do just want to pray with you. And it, if, if that's on your heart this morning, would you just quickly slip up your hand? Nobody else is looking around. Everybody's eyes are closed. But if that's you this morning, just quickly slip up your hand. I would love to pray for you this morning. Just walk through with that. Just take a moment if anybody wanted to respond that way this morning. You just want to say, God, I accept your love that way. God, thank you. God, I thank you for the people that are responding to you, Lord. And Jesus, I pray that they do feel all of those aspects. They feel accepted and they feel peace and they feel like they can come to you boldly, Lord. Thank you for your son, Jesus. 
Thank you for the gift that you've given us. And God, I, I thank you for the people that responded this morning whose lives are now secure in eternity with you because they've accepted your gift. God, what a privilege it is not to have to worry about doing anything in life rather than just being loved. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that gift. We love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.